Hello, everyone. Welcome to my podcast, Layers in Media, A Perspective. I am your host, Aisha Sala. To be honest, I was actually having major difficulty figuring out what my subject for the podcast episode of February was going to be. Like I literally for like the first two weeks could not think of anything. And then I realized that Valentine's Day was right around the corner and I was like, oh my God, I am an idiot. Obviously I have to do a romance. And at first I thought I was going to do Moulin Rouge because Moulin Rouge is one of my favorite romantic films of all time. But I was like, Eh, really dark, really makes me cry a lot. Not really down for that. Kind of am feeling a little bit more positive this Valentine's Day. But when I thought of Moulin Rouge, I thought of Ewan McGregor and I love Ewan McGregor. So it got me thinking about the other romantic film that I absolutely love him in. So the film I am going to be talking about this episode is Down With Love, starring Renee Zellweger and Ewan McGregor, Sarah Paulson and David Hyde Pierce and directed by Peyton Reed. Let me tell you guys, Down With Love is hands down one of the greatest romantic films ever created. It is literal perfection. Oh my God, if I could make anything even remotely close to the genius of Down With Love, I would be happy for the rest of my life. It is so fun. It is so unashamedly fabulous and overdramatic and colorful and sexual and just fearless in its style and its dialogue. And I just, I love it. I absolutely love it. Something that I think I am going to do throughout the podcast is I'm just going to share clips of some of the best love songs, in my opinion, that are out there, just to put you guys in the mood for a lovely, wonderful Valentine's Day filled with tons of chocolate and romantic comedies, as that is obviously the only way to spend a great Valentine's Day. So let's get into it. The director is Peyton Reed. This director also directed the movies Ant-Man and Ant-Man and the Wasp. So I'm actually a major fan of Reed. I think they've done an amazing job. They have wonderful style. Down With Love is an incredible accomplishment for this director. The main stars include Renee Zellweger, who we would recognize from the movies Chicago, Cold Mountain, Bridget Jones Diaries. Uh, She's actually in a movie called Miss Potter, which is about the life of Beatrix Potter, who uh, wrote and created the Peter Rabbit series. And fun fact, she's starring in that with Ewan McGregor as well. And what I like to do when I'm in a major Ewan McGregor, Renee Zellweger mood, I always watch Miss Potter and Down With Love as like a marathon movie duo because they have excellent chemistry on screen. Um, Also, Renee Zellweger just won the lead actress Oscar for 2020 for her role in the movie Judy. She plays Judy Garland in like the last years of her life. And she's just 
just phenomenal. So Zellweger has an incredible career. I absolutely love watching her. Uh, next up is Ewan McGregor. I am, oh my God, I'm so obsessed with Ewan McGregor. You would recognize him from movies like Star Wars as a young Obi-Wan in the prequels. Uh, Moulin Rouge, of course, classic, incredible, amazing. Uh, Miss Potter, like I mentioned, Doctor Sleep, which was the sequel to The Shining, and it was surprisingly really good. And also, I just saw him in Birds of Prey, the fantabulous emancipation of Harley Quinn, and he plays the character Black Mask. He's so good. He's so versatile as an actor. Like all of those movies I mentioned, he usually either has a British or an American accent. The guy is Scottish. Like, how many movies can you name or list off where he uses his actual accent? That's an amazing talent. And of course, Sarah Paulson. Interesting thing about Sarah Paulson is later on, like, Down With Love is uh, like 2003 or something. Most people today would recognize her from things like the uh, TV show American Horror Story or, you know, that horrible role as the plantation owner's wife in 12 Years a Slave. But I originally know Sarah Paulson from Down With Love. So I know her as just the funnest, most fabulous on-screen character you could possibly imagine. I'm really amazed at how versatile she's proven herself to be as an actress. And David Hyde Pierce. Okay, so I don't actually know him from much except for as being um, a voice in A Bug's Life, but he does have, I think, a more substantial career in television, if I'm not mistaken, but he's incredible and down with love. He really, in order to have an impressive career, all he needed to do was do down with love and he would be set because he is amazing as Peter McManus. All right. And the segments I wanted to break this podcast down into while discussing Down With Love um, are the fantabulous moments, because there really are just some amazing moments that are wonderful and I can't wait to discuss them. The comedic moments because this movie is absolutely hilarious. The battle, which is essentially like the battle of the sexes boiled down to Barbara Novak versus Catcher Block. And then I'm going to do the next segment, which is titled The Pursuit. So while the battle is going on between the sexes, there's also actually this pursuit of love between these two characters. And it's so interesting how they manage to do the same exact thing while battling each other. And they do it in tricky way because one of them doesn't really know who the other one is. So it's super fun to see play out. And then the other segment is going to be titled Just Love. And I'm going to be breaking down the moments in the movie where you really see the characters legitimately fall in love with each other rather than just trying to tear the other down to get ahead in the world. And then the last one is going to be uh, elements of sexism in the movie that are highlighted, battled, or reversed. The movie is set in 1961 or two, and it's just It's so fun and so funny how they bring about the sexism of the time and how they immediately reverse it to empower the women in this movie. So well done. Oh my God, I love Down With Love. All right, segment number one, the fantabulous moments. Fantabulous moment number one obviously goes to Barbara Novak's introduction. Interestingly enough, at the very beginning of the film, you hear a narrator speak, but this is the first and only time you are going 
to hear the narrator speak. And the narrator is so good. He literally has like three lines and he's just like, the place, New York City, the time now. 1961. And then uh, he talks about how, you know, there's 8 million people trying to pursue their dreams in New York. And then you see Barbara Novak appear in the crowd on the street in this glorious pink and white costume. And you hear the narrator say, oh, Eight million and one. And it's just so fun. Such an incredible introduction. So fantabulous. She is just stunning and fun and sexy. And oh my God, I love seeing her introduction. It immediately draws you into the style and the quirkiness of the movie. And it's just wonderful. Fantabulous moment number two, obviously, goes to Catcher Block's introduction. Now, it's in interesting about this is um, just before you get Catcher Block's introduction, you are hearing this um, editor-in-chief at the publishing house that Novak is at talk about how the men of New York are vicious and, you know, they'll come at you from the sides and they'll come at you from the rear. And, they, you know, and then as soon as he gives that whole spiel about New York men, in comes Catcher Block and he arrives coming down a helicopter ladder while three women, three gorgeous gorgeous Argentinian women are pining over him as he's climbing down to get onto the roof of the building. It's such an amazing introduction. He winks and he gives that devastating smile. And, you know, we refer to Catcher Block in the movie as ladies man, man's man, man about town. And it's just, he's, he's really all of that. It's amazing. Ewan McGregor, perfect for this role. Fantabulous moment number three is Novak's apartment reveal. Oh my God. I can't tell you how many dreams this apartment has inspired in me. It's amazing. Like the music that plays, the lighting, the curtain automatically sliding across to reveal the gorgeous view of the New York skyline. And she just walks in utterly amazed and in awe of this place. She goes around and she walks through and then she looks at Vicky, who was the one who got her the apartment, and she just smiles and it's just like, oh, it's adorable. And oh my God, it is. It is just fantastic. One of the most fantabulous moments of the movie, for sure. Just an incredible set to see. So beautifully pieced together. The production designer of this movie, stunning work, really. Okay, fantabulous moment. Moment number four, Vicki Heller and Barbara Novak's entrances to lunch and dinner when they're going to meet Catcher Block for her interview. Holy geez, the music that they choose, first of all, to introduce them. Great. The costume choices. They have like these matching costumes. They just, they would take off their coats, have the the maitre d' uh, uh, take their coats off, and then they would do this cute little walk through the restaurant in order to get to their table. Oh my gosh, the confidence, the sway in their walk, the smile on their faces. They have so much attitude and energy and just pizzazz in their step. And oh my God, It's so fun. I literally just, I have to imitate them every once in a while just to get into the mood of that confidence. Oh, it's so good. It's so fun. Sarah Paulson and Renee Zellweger have 
amazing chemistry on screen when they do this. Fantabulous moment number five, the marketing scheme, getting Judy Garland to perform the song Down With Love on the Ed Sullivan Show. This is amazing because you see uh, Vicky and Barbara just geek out over how amazing it is that Judy Garland is performing the song Down With Love. And you literally get a clip of Judy Garland singing the song, which is amazing. And it's pretty fitting considering that Zellweger will go on years later to play Garland and win an Oscar for her performance as Judy. Amazing. I love the foreshadowing of what life brings. I think it's incredible to watch. Fantabulous moment number six, her book being an international sensation and the resurfacing of the same bookstore front to look like different countries. I thought this was a brilliant cinematic choice. You're looking at the same bookstore window front and you see it as a New York bookstore front and then immediately the scene shifts to the same exact storefront, the same exact shape and everything, but it looks instead like you're in England and then immediately it shifts and it looks like you're in France and then immediately it shifts and it looks like you're in China and then immediately it shifts again and it looks like you're in Russia and it's just, it's such a brilliant way to make the book go international. I thought it was just beautifully done and it's so fabulous and seeing all these women just geek out over the book and wanting to get it and scrambling to get the copies. So well done. I absolutely love that choice. Fantabulous moment number seven is the big night when Catcher Block is going to ensnare Barbara Novak and get her to admit that that she loves him. And Barbara Novak thinks that she's finally going to have sex with Zip Martin. We'll get into that later because he's been holding out on her this entire time, which is hilarious. But if you're watching the scene, uh, Barbara Novak and Catcher Block are getting ready in their respective apartments and they make like a whole sequence of it. And it's so well done. It's so fabulous where you see her in her like furry slippers just dancing around her apartment as she's getting ready in this gorgeous dress. And him, of course, going about his apartment, getting his tie and his garters and his suit together and making sure to have his glasses. I just think it's so well done. And the fact that you're listening to the same song being sung by both a woman and a man, just to get the feeling of like the battle of the sexes, like really the woman and the man meeting each other and trying to outdo each other. It's so fun. It's so fabulously done. And I just, oh my God, so wonderful to watch. It's just like pure entertainment. Fantabulous moment number eight, Barbara Novak's reveal that she is not Barbara Novak. She is, in fact, Nancy Brown. If you guys watch this scene, I want you to specifically pay attention to the fact that the scene is one shot. Like when Zellweger begins her monologue revealing who she is and what she has known this entire time, the camera does not cut away to Ewan McGregor's reaction until the monologue is over. And I swear it's such a long wordy, dense monologue that it's so impressive. Like, it's such an amazing monologue. Zellweger kills it. And it's so, like, literally, it makes you jaw drop because you weren't expecting any of it. I love going back and rewatching the film because I love seeing the character 
knowing what she knows and it makes the experience so much more fun. But that reveal is just incredible. And Zellweger's delivery of the monologue, one of the best parts of the film for sure. And the last fantabulous moment that I am going to discuss is Barbara appearing in the elevator. So Catcher Block has just tried to win her back and she's like adamantly refused to accept him. And he's walking away out of her office and you think that's the end of it. And then the elevator door opens and there Barbara is standing in all of her beautiful gloriousness. And she says the line, someone between the blonde and the brunette. And she whips off the fabulous white turban that she was wearing and she reveals that she has this glorious red hair. It's just so fun. And then of course they kiss and they just like express their absolute love for each other and it's just wonderful definitely a fantabulous moment L is for the way you look at me O is for the only one I see V is very very extraordinary E is even more than anyone that you adore can love is all that i can give to you love is more than just a game for two two in love can make it take my heart and please don't break it love was made for me and Okay, next segment, the comedic moments. This movie, I have watched it, I'd say a good 50 times. It makes me laugh every single time. It's just so fun. It's so funny. The delivery of the dialogue by these actors is so well done. The timing of it, the expressions, the the tone of voice is just beautiful. So first comedic moment is actually Sarah Paulson's entrance as the character Vicki Heller. She's uh, Barbara's editor in this movie and she exits the elevator in a cloud of smoke. And it's so funny because immediately um, Paulson's neurotic character just comes out and she's just chain smoking these cigarettes because she's so nervous about pitching this book to the other male editors that kind of treat her like a secretary. And she, oh my God, she does this fun thing where she's trying to calm Barbara Novak down before she's about to go in and discuss her book with all these men. And she says, oh, you know, just take a deep breath. And then she just takes a massive inhale of her cigarette. It's so funny. It Oh my God, Sarah Paulson is amazing as this character. I love watching her. Okay, the actual meeting where Novak is selling her book Down With Love to the men. And it's interesting because she's talking about how there are three levels for a woman to achieve equality in the workplace, which is what her book is all about. And the way for a woman to do that, according to her book, is to say Down With Love. One of the men who uh, 
is questioning her about her theories is saying, well, if women say no to love, isn't that the end of the human race? And Barbara's like, heavens no, I said no to love, not sex. And the guy uh, responds to her and asks, isn't that the same thing? And all the other men around this giant conference table just turn to him and look at him with mass disapproval. And it's hilarious. It's so funny. And the guy just fumbles a bit. And he's just like, I mean, for women, <laughs> it's it's so funny because it's just like all these men are obviously trash and all these men obviously don't believe that. And they're just baffled by one of their fellow partners saying those words. So well done. The timing of it for all the extras and with Zellweger, just incredible. So funny. Okay. Comedic moment number three, uh, the secretary listening to Catcher Blocks and Peter McManus's conversation on garters and socks. This whole scene is so funny and so brilliantly written. I literally, it kills me every time. So they're talking about how Catch, Catcher Block, no longer uh, wears garters because he's a man of the future and the socks that are coming out now don't need to be held up by garters. And Peter McManus is just like, I don't know, catch. You know, I feel like garters are still very necessary. And the secretary is trying to figure out how to work her technology at her desk. And she accidentally presses a button that lets her hear the conversation happening in the room between Peter and catch. And so all of a sudden she hears them talking about the length of the socks in terms of them, the the socks staying up on the shin, but she doesn't know that. She's just hearing the men talk about length and size. So Peter's like, I'm going to go get a, get a ruler and catch is like, oh, you better get a yardstick. And the secretary is just shook. She's just like, oh, oh my God. Like she can't believe what she's hearing because she obviously thinks that they're talking about something else. And then he, and then you just hear catcher say, oh, you know, and you know, it stays up all day long, all the time. And don't forget, I've got two of them. And the secretary just faints and falls backward in her chair because she cannot believe what she's hearing. And it's just so funny because they're so obviously not talking about what she thinks they're talking about and she just faints by the thought of it and they hear her fall and they come out of the office and they're just like oh my god you went through another secretary it's unbelievable it's so funny it's so well done just like the timing of it perfect okay uh comedic moment number four catcher block refusing to interview barbara novak peter mcmanus is begging him to do the interview because he really wants to impress and basically marry vicky and he says this line where he's just like the best thing i have to offer a woman is the best thing you have to offer a woman you and it's just so funny Like Peter is so, he's so self-conscious. He's so neurotic. He even has this line later on when Catch finally agrees to do the interview where he's just like, oh, you're the best friend a guy with 20 diagnosed neuroses could ever have. He's so neurotic and he's so romantic and he just, he has no self-confidence. So he's constantly looking to Catcher for advice and for any kind of help in order to get a, get a wife because that's all he wants. And it makes his character so funny. 
funny. Okay, comedic moment number five is Peter McManus not knowing how to operate Catcher Block's apartment when he's trying to seduce Vicky. So Catcher Block's apartment is this amazing futuristic flat with all of these different gadgets installed around the flat where you press a button and all of a sudden a mini bar appears from the wall and you press another button and a bed appears from the couch and you press another button and a music recording starts going off and it's just like this super advanced apartment and Peter has absolutely no idea how to operate it because he never does. And so for the night, Catcher told him to use his apartment in order to seduce Vicky. And Peter is just enthralled. He's like, absolutely, I'm going to use this woman ensnaring den of yours. But he tries to be smooth about it when Vicky and him actually get to the apartment. And he is like stumped the moment he gets in because he's literally, he literally says, oh, you know, I'm, I'm going to offer Vicky a drink, but he can't find the bar. And so he's literally just pressing all of these buttons to try and figure out what will get him to find anything. And the apartment just starts attacking them with all of these recordings start flying out at him. The bed coming up and slamming Vicky to the ground. It's so funny. And they just panic and just run out because they're like, oh, we, we, we can't handle this. <laughs> it's so well done. It's so overdramatic and quirky and funny. And oh my God, what a great time. Okay. Uh, comedic moments number six. Catcher and uh, Barbara Novak arriving at the beatnik party that spontaneously formed at Catcher's apartment because of Peter and Vicky. Okay. So later Later on uh, in the night, Catcher returns to his apartment after his date with Barbara. And he sees that Peter and Vicky have, in fact, invited like all of these beatniks from downtown to come and party at his place. So Catcher is just like, all right, there's a, there's a party happening. And Vicky, who is Barbara Novak's editor, invites her to come over to Catcher Block's apartment. So he arrives at the apartment and everybody is doing drugs and is just in this crazy mood. It's just a wonderful setup for them to clash without them even knowing it. And it's so funny because, you know, Barbara thinks that she's safe from Catcher Block and she has no idea that the person she's falling in love with, Zip Martin, is going to be there. So she, uh, you know, she accidentally runs into him and he freaks out and he all of a sudden starts saying, oh my God, I, I didn't know what I was doing. Someone drugged me. It's just such a funny setup. It's so overdramatic. It's so well done and it just fuses together so well. You're just too good to be true Can't take my eyes off of you You'd be like heaven to touch I wanna hold you so much At long last the love has arrived I thank God I'm alive You're just too good to be true Can't take my
segment is the battle. This is really going to be a segment that uh, talks about the battle of the sexes and how it boils down to catcher block trying to outdo Barbara Novak and Barbara Novak trying to top catcher block at his own game. And it's so fun to see this battle play out. And I just wanted to talk about the different moments that make up this battle in general. So number uh, one, the the first scene uh, when it comes to the battle between the sexes is being stood up by catcher block three times. Okay, so Barbara Novak is trying to get her book to be advertised in a men's magazine. And the way you do that is you get catcher block to write an interview about you. And Vicky gets an appointment with him, but he stands her up three times. So after being stood up by Catcher Block for the interview three times, Barbara Novak is on the phone with him and she says, you know, I wouldn't meet with you in a hundred years. I just love the melodrama of that moment. It immediately begins this hatred that is fueled between them and this disrespect that they they have for each other. And they just, they see each other as enemies that will never see eye to eye. And I absolutely love love that setup. And then you go into uh, the second scene of this battle and it's Barbara Novak's interview on national TV after her book has become an international sensation. So she's talking about a chapter in her book titled The Worst Kind of Man, the kind of man who changes his women as often as he changes his shirts, which is so funny because that's exactly Catcher Block's quirk as a character. And she, she literally names Catcher Block as the worst kind of man to give an example of what that would look like. And it's so funny to because Catcher Block is watching this interview in his apartment and he is immediately just angry. He's like, oh my God, can't believe she just did that. And because like Peter McManus says this thing where he was just like, wow, four million women in New York and you had to go and anger the one woman that all the other four million women are are now listening to you blew it. It's so funny. And Catcher Block is just like, he thinks that he's not going to be affected. He's like, all the women that I get with would never listen to this spinster. And then immediately in that scene, you see one of the women that he has a date with cancel the date that he has because she's catching up on some reading because she's reading this book called Down With Love by Barbara Novak and he's pissed. So that gets you into the third scene when it comes to the battle where Catcher swears revenge and he vows to bury Barbara Novak. And he says the line, you know, I'll write the expose of the century. I'm going to show the world that women all want the same thing, love and marriage. And it's just such an overdramatic, angry delivery. And it's so funny. It's so funny because it sets up the movie so well. Okay, so next part of the battle is Catcher Block and Barbara Novak actually meeting each other. Fun thing about this is Barbara Novak doesn't actually know what Catcher Block looks like, but because Barbara Novak is an international sensation, Catcher Block knows exactly what she looks like. So just out of coincidence, obviously in a movie like this, they end up bumping into each other at the dry cleaners and Catcher Block needs to go undercover and 
assume a different identity in order to truly accomplish getting Barbara Novak to fall in love with him. So he immediately goes undercover as the astronaut Major Zip Martin with a Southern accent and everything, completely changing his character to fit what he believes every woman wants. So he's talking with Barbara Novak and he's he's all of a sudden putting on this this southern accent which is amazing because all of a sudden Ewan McGregor is is doing two accents in the movie a British accent and a southern accent and neither of those accents are his original accent which is crazy and amazingly talented I love Ewan McGregor anyway he goes on and Barbara Novak's really trying to flirt with this guy because no guy wants to be with her now that she's written the book down with love and he she just is, is like overtly sexually flirting with him and he's pretending to be this southern gallant that doesn't understand sexual innuendo so he's talking about oh how oh you know i'm not much for parties my idea of a good time is to sit at home with a good book and smoke my pipe and it's so funny because barbara is smitten she just thinks this is the most wonderful man she has ever met in her life and catcher block just thinks he's a mad genius because this new persona is perfect for Barbara Novak to fall in love with. And it's so funny because the battle is set and the two are finally meeting. And one of them thinks that she's about to have like the love story of a lifetime and the other just can't wait to get the expose of the century. Okay. Uh, And then the next scene within this great battle is... I would say the montage of all the dates that they go on. I love the date montage because it's so fun and so colorful and just it's so entertaining to watch all of the costumes that they wear, the neon lights that are showing all the different clubs and all the different diners that they're going to, all the different dances that they're doing. The music of the scene is perfection. And it's just, it's amazing to see him have so much fun when it comes to this grand plan of getting her to fall in love with him. It's a different way to see a war play out, but it's so fun. Okay, next part of the battle is Catcher Block hijacking McMahon. Manis's cozy, homey apartment and all the cooking Peter did for Vicky and convincing McManus to use his gadget-infused woman-ensnaring flat in order to seduce Vicky. So this is like Catcher Block's next part of his grand plan to show par- Barbara Novak that he is a well-rounded guy who likes sitting at home and, and like showing her that he's the perfect guy. And so he literally uses Peter's cooking and sells it as his own cooking. And he uses Peter's apartment and the artwork and the antiques that he's collected in the apartment in the apartment as his own apartment that he's bragging about. And it's so amazing because the entire movie you see Peter McManus wanting to be more like Catcher Block in order to get Vicky. But all the while Catcher Block is using all of Peter McManus's quirks and mannerisms and way of life in order to get Barbara Novak to fall in love with him. And it's working. <laughs> so all, so this ladies man, man's man, man about town is doing all of these things that Peter thinks makes him an ineligible man. And that's how he's getting Barbara to fall in love with him. I like that parallel. I think it's fun and I think it's uh, smart. Okay, next part of the battle is Barbara Novak trying to break off the entire relationship and him saving it by finally agreeing to have sex with her, which is hilarious. Um, This is so funny because something about Barbara Novak's book, Down With Love, is that in order for a woman to fully achieve equality in the workplace and in society in general, she has to be able to have sex 
sex like a man. So she has to be able to have sex without love. So this entire time that she's with Catcher Block, who is parading around as Major Zip Martin, she's trying to have sex with him because that's all she wants. She just wants the physical intimacy. She doesn't want to actually love him. And this entire time, he has to put her off and go on several dates with her in order to make sure that he doesn't give in and just give her what she wants. So she's about to break off this relationship because she really thinks that she's falling in love with him. And he does the one, the last thing that he could do to save the relationship. And he agrees to have sex with her. So, so he's just like, you know, Barbara, I love you. Can I make like passionate, adoring, sweet love to you? And you could still have meaningless sex with me, right? And it's so funny because she's just like, I never wrote anything against a man loving a woman. So yes, you can absolutely love me. And of course I can have meaningless sex with you. And she's just smitten. And this, he's just like, yes, I won. And so they plan to uh, have a date the next day that is going to be the big night where they, you know, quote unquote, do it. And he wins. She says yes. So the 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 date is officially on. Next part of the battle is okay. So they are in Catcher Block's apartment. Catcher is still pretending to be Zip Martin, who got invited to Catcher Block's apartment, and they are in the apartment alone together because of various circumstances and explanations that are given in the film. And they, you know, they start getting it on. And Barbara starts talking about how she loves him too much to have sex with him in this moment because she wants to marry him. And Catcher Block immediately turns on the recorder because he has to catch her saying exactly what she says, which is, you know, I love you and and I'm not a down with love girl and I want to marry you. And it's so funny because he is so insistent on getting this, on, on getting this recording. He goes out of his way to like kiss her while still trying to maneuver the recording to exactly in her direction to make sure that they catch all of her words. And it's just so funny because like, even now when you know he loves her and he cares for her he still wants to win this battle and so yeah definitely one of the last major parts of the battle and then the uh last major part of them battling each other is at the very end when they love each other and they finally admitted to loving each other but they still try to scoop each other in terms of like who is predictable so he's like you know i i knew you would say yes and she responds, I knew you were going to come for the job interview as soon as I put the application in the newspaper. And he was like, yeah, and I knew that you'd want me to come and I knew that you would invite me up to your office and I knew that you'd say yes. And it's just so funny because even when they know they love each other and they're together and they're admitting to their love for each other, they still kind of want to outdo each other. So they still have that fire and that competition. And it's amazing because it's like the battle of the sexes isn't really over it's just a little bit more fun which i love
The next segment is the pursuit. And it's a little bit different because while Catcher Block is like going on this giant crusade to tear down down with love women, Barbara is in pursuit of love. Like she is, which is, which is fascinating because she's telling all these other women not to love, but she is in pursuit of the love of her life, which is catcher block. So, uh, the first scene of the pursuit is when Vicky mentions to her, you know, maybe we can find you an astronaut that's been in orbit these past few weeks because no man wants to be with the girl who wrote down with love. So she has to find a man who has never heard of her, which is amazing foreshadowing because eventually we do get catcher block pretending to be an astronaut who has in fact been in orbit these past few weeks and has never heard of Barbara Novak. So funny. So amazing. Such a great setup. Totally love. Uh, The second part of the pursuit that I wanted to highlight is her flirting very sexually and catcher pretending not to understand then pretending to not want to have sex until he really knows her this is such a funny scene to me it's right outside of the dry cleaners and she is just shamelessly pursuing him she loves the southern accent she loves the glasses she loves that he's a major and that he's an astronaut and she's just like would you like to get to know me better like way better and you know catch with his southern accent he's like well i don't know what you mean and then she's just like i mean so you want to get to know me much much better and he's just like well i could never get to know a woman much better until until i knew her much much better <laughs> And it's just, it's so funny, like, to see Zellweger put on this overtly unabashed sexual, like, flirtation is amazing. And it's so fun. This film and the amount of sexual innuendo that is poured into the dialogue and into the camera movement and the camera choices and the split screen choices just make the movie so funny and so just like shocking but in the best way possible next part of the journey that is the pursuit is they are officially at peter mcmanus's apartment and catcher block is uh, pretending that Peter McManus's apartment is in fact his apartment as he is still parading around as Major Zip Martin. And he wants to make her think that he wants to quote unquote go to bed. So he sits next to her and he gets very close to her and he starts teasing her and he's just like, Barbara, I'm ready to go to bed. <laughs> And Barbara, Barbara just looks at him like so shocked and and so happy because she's just like, Zip, you know, I want you to know that I feel the exact same way. And he's just like, oh, that's just great. I'll call you a cab. And she's just, she's so shook because she thought that he meant sex. And he was, and he knew, he knew he was playing her so right. Now she's offended because he's proving that he doesn't well he's showing her that he doesn't actually want to be with her so he tries to save the moment by finally kissing her because they have not kissed yet and that kiss is absolutely phenomenal oh my god they're just like these are 
two extremely sex depraved characters because Catcher Block pretending to be Major Zip Martin has not had any sex during this entire month that he's pursued Barbara Novak. And that's like unlike his character because he has sex all the time. And Barbara Novak's character really wants to have sex because that's her whole motto as a down with love girl is just having sex like men a la carte is what they say in the film. It's hilarious. And so none of them have had any action. So this kiss is like the culmination of all the sexual tension that has been built up between them. And they're just in shock at how good the kiss is. So they try to like recover in the least awkward way possible. So she literally grabs an entire dish of chocolate souffle, which is what they had for dessert. She's just like, okay, I'm going to give you another chance and I'm going to leave and I'll see you later. So she leaves the apartment. She downs an entire chocolate souffle. And then he is shook because he was not expecting that kiss to be that good. So he literally grabs an entire bucket of melted ice, goes to the balcony of his apartment and dumps the entire thing on his head to cool himself off. And it is so funny. (laughs) Like these people clearly want each other, but because of these battles that they're fighting in their head, they're just, they're not accepting it. So these little things that they're experiencing are shockers to them. And it makes the experience of the whole movie so fun. And then the last part of the pursuit that I wanted to bring up was Catcher Block applying to be her private secretary. So she has already broken it off with him and has already revealed that she is Nancy Brown and he has already revealed that he's Catcher Block. So all the information about who they really are is out in the open and they're and they're addressing each other for the first time as who they are. And he wanted to apply to be her private secretary secretary at her new magazine, uh, which is called Now. And she has to, she's forced to meet with him because she has to view all the applicants regardless of race or sex in order to prove that she is truly for equality in the workplace. So this whole scene is just fantastic because the dialogue has shifted. There is now an extreme consciousness to how much they are attracted to each other and how much they want each other. And the denial is still there because she is trying not to love him, but they just, just the sexual innuendo that's infused in the dialogue is fantastic. He does this thing where he's just like, you know, I would love to be your private secretary. And she's just like, oh, this is way below your pay grade. You're not going to want this job. And he's just like, well, you know, uh, I don't mind the pay cut. You know, I'd love to work for a woman. And she was just like, oh, really? You wouldn't have a problem working underneath a woman? And he was just like, in fact, I look forward to it. And it's 
so funny because it flusters her and she literally has like a bucket of chocolate bars right there on the desk in front of her and she just takes one and she cracks one open and she starts just like shoveling giant squares of chocolate into her mouth to deal with the sexual tension of the moment. It is so well done. Oh my God. I, I'm a major fan of unabashed, unashamed sexual innuendo in dialogue for scripts. I just think it makes it so fun and so funny and it's just such a wonderful experience because I don't know, it, it's just, it's sexy and it's charming and it's funny and it makes the movie so good. Imagine me and you, I do. I think about you day and night. It's only right to think about the girl you love and hold her tight. So happy together. If I should call you up, invest a dime, and you say you belong to me, it leaves my mind. Imagine how the world could be so very fine. So happy together. Toss the dice, it had to be The only one for me is you And you for me, so happy together Okay, the next segment is titled Love. So I want to uh, specifically talk about the moments where you really start to see Catcher Block falling in love with Barbara Novak. The first scene where we really see true love in the eyes of Catcher Block is when he's looking at photos from one of their many dates. So they did one of those things where they go into a photo booth and they take like four different or they put on four different poses to get that little like, you know, slip of photos. And he's looking at it and she's just she has such cute expressions in them and she's looking at him so lovingly. And he's just looking at all these photos and he's got this look in his eyes where he just he really is enjoying his time with her. And it's such an unexpected moment because all of these dates were made to like get her to fall in love with him and make sure that she makes sure to prove to the world that she's really not a down with love girl. And all the while he's actually really enjoying his time with her. And he just sees him, finds himself looking at pictures of her and just wanting to be with her. It's such a cute moment and I love it. But then right after that scene where you see him lovingly look at photos of Barbara, a private detective enters his office and he literally hires him to dig up dirt on Novak's 
past, which is ridiculous, but it's just part of the battle, which I appreciate. Okay, the next scene where you can really see that love is starting to bloom is uh, the telescope scene. So they're in Peter McManus's apartment and he's still parading around as Major Zip Martin. And he has calibrated the telescope on the balcony to look at the moon or the stars or whatever. And Barbara is looking through the telescope and looking at whatever beautiful thing is in space. And she's talking about, oh my God, you know, it's just, it's so beautiful. I've never seen anything more beautiful in my entire life. And he's just watching her. And he says, neither have I. But he says it in his British accent. So he says it out of character, which is not like him because he's been putting on a Southern accent this entire time. So it's a scene where you just you really see Catcher Block falling in love rather than Major Zip Martin pretending to be in love. The next scene is the kiss. That kiss was so real. I know I was talking about it in the pursuit um, segment, but it's such an important moment for the section of love because it was so real. Like, yes, they're pretending to be these two different people, but the physical intimacy, hands down, so real. They are literally just, they can't get enough of each other and they cannot handle the sexual tension between them. So that was like a major turning point where they were just like, yeah, I want you. So well done. Um, okay. Um, next moment where you really see the love bloom between them is when Catcher Block. Okay, so they're in um, Catcher Block's apartment and he's still pretending to be Major Zip Martin. And they are playing around with the gadgets to see which what they do because he's pretending not to know what the apartment does, whatever. And um, he presses another switch and all of a sudden the couch that they are sitting on becomes a bed that starts um, folding out and it makes them laugh and it makes them lay down together in it. And they have this cute moment and they start looking at each other and he looks at her face and he says, oh, you know, you have an eyelash. And he takes it off of um, her cheek and he tells her to make a wish. And his accent switches again, which means he really is falling in love with her as Catcher Block again. And she notices. So she's just like, it's so funny the way you said eyelash. It was like you had a different accent. And he just immediately panics and he gets up to the edge of the bed and he's just like, oh, that is funny. <laughs> and he kind of just like berates himself internally because he just like, oh, just keep it together. Keep it together. But he's obviously he can't because he's in love with her. All right. Uh, one of the last moments that shows the, their love for each other is the helicopter to Vegas in the end. They have finally admitted to loving each other and they finally accepted that they love each other. They go to the top of the roof and she finds uh, that he has an a helicopter waiting there for her and him to take them both to Vegas because he wants to marry her immediately and he doesn't want her to leave and he he wants to snatch her up and never let her go and never give her a chance to be to leave him. He says the words, you know, I love you, Barbara. And she says, I know. And I love this because 
Do you know how often it happens in movies where the woman says, I love you, and the guy says, I know? Like, one of the most iconic times that that, that happens is um, in Star Wars, in the original Star Wars movies, where Han Solo is about to be frozen, and she has this last chance to say, I love you to him before he gets taken away from her. And she says, you know, I love you, and, he, and Han Solo responds, I know. That was such a dude thing to do. So the fact that later in Down with love you get that experience where the dude says i love you and the girl says i know is so satisfying i really appreciate that okay and then uh the last like moment of love that down with love has to offer is the ending credits musical number called here's to love it is so good it is so fun it is like just like they put together this like super 60s set they have these wonderful 60s costumes and they have this like snarky funny smart sexual kind of lyrics in this song and they do this song and dance together and it's so fun because they're both like musical actors they've both done musicals like Ewan McGregor has done Moulin Rouge and Renee Zellweger has done Chicago so it's fun to see these two wonderful musical actors come together to do, to do this musical number and the end totally randomly and it's just it's such a joy to finish off the movie with Okay, and I know that this is a shift from like talking about the gooey, lovey, sexual vibes of the movie, but one of the last things that I want to talk about are the elements of sexism being highlighted slash battled slash reversed in this film. It's a part of what makes this film so successful as a, you know, quirky, romantic, comedy-esque kind of genre. So I first wanted to talk about the scene where Vicky and Barbara have to go in to talk about the book Down With Love. And all of the men are treating Vicky like a secretary, telling her to fetch coffee while she's trying to explain the novel Down With Love to them. And she's trying to say, you know, this is a serious work of nonfiction, talking about the lack of equality for women in the workplace. And all the while, she's literally being treated 
like trash. And I think that's such a wonderful way that the movie starts out in terms of like where women are in the workplace. And it gives them a wonderful foundation to build off of in terms of how these characters progress and the power that they gain and the influence that they achieve through their book and through their hard work. Another thing that I'd like to uh, discuss is the flight attendants. You know, the flight attendants that Catcher Block is screwing day and night because, you know, he's just playing them all and he's disrespecting them. It's so interesting because he stands Barbara Novak up in order to get with one of these flight attendants for every date that he sets with Barbara Novak in order to come up with excuses for why he couldn't make it to the meeting. He would always talk about how, oh, you know, this French poodle just wandered into my lap and I I had to calm her down. So I'm sorry I can't make it. Can you do lunch? It's a thing that's really important that the movie put in because it establishes exactly how little Catcher Block respects women because he thinks he can play them. He thinks he can make them love him. And he thinks that there are no consequences to living that life. And that was another great establishment that the script makes in terms of character because it gives Catcher Block's character a place to grow from. Like this is how little he respects women. This is how little he respects their feelings and their bodies. And we need him to get from there to only respecting women and respecting them in the workplace and in the bed. That's like an amazing thing that the film gives us. Another element of sexism being highlighted and reversed is Catcher Block all of a sudden being confused by Barbara Novak's international success and being confused by her being too busy to meet with him. So at the beginning, Barbara Novak was desperate to meet with Catcher Block because he was the guy to get with in order to promote her book. And he was refusing to meet her. He was disrespecting her and her time. And all of a sudden, her book becomes an international success. And he can no longer get a meeting with her because she is too big and too busy for him. And he does not understand it. He doesn't understand being in a position where he is not the one in power making the calls. That is such a wonderful shift that the movie takes in terms of starting to let the women feel more empowered in the decisions that they make and in how they go about taking advantage of their success. Uh, Another thing that uh, I wanted to bring up in terms of the highlights is, okay, Catcher is now pining for marriage to Nancy Brown in the end. I think this is wonderful. The entire movie, Peter McManus is really trying to marry Vicky. And funnily enough, Vicky really wants to marry Peter. But because of this whole down with love business happening between Barbara Novak and Catcher Block, it's kind of like stopping them from having a successful relationship because they both feel like they need to stand up for their own sides. And Vicky, she starts acting like, quote unquote, the man in the relationship because she's only coming to Peter for sex by the end and she's not actually marrying him, which is what he wants. And so he is just like emotionally devastated. And he talks about how, oh, you know, I think sometimes I think Vicky only started talking to me about marriage that night just to have sex with me. And it's revenge against men. And it's all because of you, catch. And he's just so frustrated because everything he wants, he now can't have because all the women of New York are starting to act like catcher block. And it's such an amazing reversal of roles in relationships because all catcher wants to do, he literally says, 
there's the line, you know, I just, I just want to be married. I just want to be married to Nancy Brown. <laughs> and he, he can't even get a hold of her on the telephone. It's so funny. It's so well done. I love the complete reversal of power in terms of like the gender norms. And I love that the woman finally gets to have the say in terms of who she loves and how she loves and the respect that she demands. It makes the movie so good. Okay. I also love the creation of Now Magazine. So Barbara Novak finally recognizes that she is a multimillionaire and she decides to open up her own magazine and her own offices to run a magazine called Now Magazine for women in the now versus No Magazine, which is a magazine for men in the know, which I thought was such a fun parallel. Vicky has this line when you start, when you first get introduced to these new offices run by women, where she says, you know, I was really starting to believe that women weren't cut out for the workplace when really the workplace wasn't cut out for the women. Uh, I love Sarah Paulson's delivery of that line too. She's just amazing. But it's such an incredible insight into what several workplaces feel like for women, how it so obviously has been established by men and it's so obvious that men are in power and women have to feel the repercussions of being disempowered in places of employment. And I love that the movie addresses that. I love that the movie shows how disempowered women are in a men's establishment. And I love how the movie shows these women becoming empowered enough because of their own work that they are able to establish their own workplaces and empower themselves without the help of men. It is such an amazing thing for the movie to do and it works beautifully. I think the last thing that I want to hone in on is truly Catcher Block's change as a character. In the end, you know, he's having this conversation with Barbara Novak where he's trying to convince her that he is a changed man while she's constantly telling him, you know, I don't believe you. I think you're here just to steal one of my women and, you know, put her in a house in the suburbs. And he is completely changed. You know, his tone is respectful. He talks about how he has a new ideal for love. And he said, you know, I don't want to lock a woman away in the suburbs. The next time I'm with a woman, it will be to settle down. And, you know, I, I want that woman to be successful in the workplace. And I want to be able to support her in whatever ambitions that she has. And it's just so beautifully delivered. And it's such a wonderful feeling to see how far this character has come in terms of the change that he has brought about. That's what makes the character Catcher Block so fun and down with love. And of course, Barbara Novak's character in terms of really developing into a down with love girl but also finding a balance where she is able to accept love and still function as the empowered woman that she built herself up to be. Beautifully done. It's what make the, makes these characters' journeys so worth it every time you watch Down With Love. Okay, and that is the end of my podcast, Geeking Out Over the Film Down With Love. This is the podcast, Layers in Media, A Perspective, and I am your host, Aisha Sala. There's nothing you can do that can't be done Nothing you can sing that can't be sung Nothing you can say but you can learn how to play the game It's easy 
There's nothing you can make that can't be made No one you can save that can't be saved Nothing you can do but you can learn how to be you in time It's easy All you need is love All you need is love All you need is love 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 is all you need Nothing you can know that can't be known Nothing you can see that isn't shown Nowhere you can be that isn't where you're meant to be It's easy